All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, as always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is May 4th, 2023 and week 222. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. If you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, I must say it feels good to be back in front of the camera live. It's been a while since we've done one of these things live since um, I've been through the birth of my son, which he is doing great. And I'm so grateful to be a father. And um, we have an early comment. Casey says, praise the Lord, my brothers. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening. God bless. So praise the Lord to you too. God bless you too as well. And thank you so much for tuning in. So as you can see from the title, we'll be talking about a special love. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. Let's dive right into it. We'll go into a word of prayer. Uh, Everyone, if you have an opportunity, we encourage you to join in with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your blessing that you continuously pour down upon us, Lord. We thank you for our life, health, and strength, Lord. We thank you for everything that you've given to us, Lord, day by day, day after day, Lord. Continue to be with us, Lord. Help us to continue to be with you, Lord. We understand that so many people start out uh, in this journey, um, and that's good, but we want to be those who complete this journey, who who finish the race. And so, Lord, continue to give us a mind to endure, um, regardless of what's happening around us, Lord, regardless of the trials, tribulations. Lord, no matter what happens to us in this life, continually remind us that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm, Lord. Uh, We'll continue to honor and praise you, Lord. We'll continue to tell the entire world about you. But we're praying for the Bible study tonight that uh, your word would go forth, Lord, that we would all decrease, uh, that uh, we would not only be uh, hearers of your word, Lord, but doers uh, also. And so, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your terrific name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, it is great to be uh, doing another live stream. It has been a while, uh, as you said, Melvin. But we are thankful uh, for the things that have taken place, uh, for the new life to be brought into the world. Uh, So we are grateful for that. Uh, Hopefully, Michael lets us have this Bible study tonight, right? <laughs> uh, but he might he might get excited and he might want to preach. He might want to uh, cry aloud. Uh, that's what God told the pre- the prophet. He told him to cry aloud and spare not. So uh, Michael might want to cry aloud and spare us not. But <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, God, I believe God will bless us uh, that we'll still make it through. Uh, regardless of of anything that might take place. So uh, we are talking about a special love tonight. Um, It's something that's kind of been on my heart um, for days now, maybe a week or so, maybe a little bit longer. It's something that I've I've known before, but God has just really had it on my heart uh, because 
even hearing uh, my preacher talk about just how the human race, how we're so cruel at times, how we're um, so evil at times. Uh, and so something we obviously know we need is love. Uh, the, the scripture tells us that God is love. Uh, he is the embodiment embodiment of love. He is uh, the definition of love. He is an example of love. He, he's everything pertaining to uh, true love. And so we know that he told us to love one another. And so that's that's no mystery. That's no surprise. That's no groundbreaking news. We know that. But the thing is, we don't quite do it. Um, we We show love or we we display love uh, in some form or fashion all of us whether people are saved or not whether people believe in god or not whether people go to church or not uh, whether people read their bible or not whatever the case may be people have some level of love inside of them uh, we we see that people love animals you have certain people out there they love animals um, they might not believe in god but they show love towards animals. They, uh, <laughs> you see, some people, uh, Melvin, they they feed their dog steaks. Now you talk about love. They feed their dog better, <laughs> better than many of us eat. Um, uh, I wouldn't dare do that if, even if I had a dog. But um, but you you see people show love to so many things. You see people show love to their pets, like I said. Uh, you see people show love to even the earth itself. Um, you you have people who are environmentalists. I believe that's how you say that word. Uh, you have people who refuse to do certain things, do certain practices. Uh, they might not uh, practice burning uh, burning things. You know, you have people uh, who will burn things in their in their yard. But you have people because of the love that they have, because they feel that I don't want to bring harm to the earth. Um, they won't do certain things. They practice recycling. Now, many people might not care about recycling at all, uh, but a lot of people out there who really love the earth, who really cherish it, uh, they they won't they they practice recycling. A lot of different practices. You you see it. Uh, you have people that love cars, uh, and so you know they might they might trash their home a little bit their room, whatever the case may be, but their, their vehicle, if you better not get in there with any mud on your shoes, you better not get in there and spill any drinks. Uh, your kids won't get in there and eat any bags of chips. It, 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 it shows uh, what people love. You have people who love their sports team. And so uh, look, you're going, if you go into their home or you see their vehicle, you're going to see all of the logos of whatever their sports team is. You'll see all their colors. Uh, you'll just see certain things. You'll see them wear the hat, wear the clothing, uh, just different things um, people do. And it shows our love. You see people who love their spouse, who, who love their children, who love their family. Uh, we, we have a family get together every year, you know, multiple times a year. Uh, we take trips together. We, we, we do all sorts of things as a society. Uh, that shows where our love is, where our passion is, where our heart is. Then you have people who love money. 
And we know we know all about the love of money because um, many people look, we'll skip eating, we'll skip, and, and I know it's a sacrifice, but we'll skip eating, we'll skip sleeping, uh, we'll we'll do all sorts of things for money. Uh, you have people they'll rob you, they'll steal, they'll kill because of the love of money. We know the Bible told us the love of money is the root of all evil, and so. We see uh, what people love based on our actions, based on things that we show to one another. And, you know, just thinking about how we love one another, um, I, I just began to think about how we love all these different things, you know, um, all of our different possessions or our family or our friends or our children or our parents or whatever it is that we love in this life. We might love music. Whatever it is, as I'm thinking about those things, I begin to think about how God tells us to love one another. And, and, and not only loving one another, because we, are, we understand we should have love for uh, all people. Um, he, the Bible even tells us about loving animals. Now, we should have a level of love for animals. We shouldn't be cruel to animals and you know, uh, now I'm not saying it's wrong to kill animals to eat, but I'm talking about how some people, they just manipulate animals. They go out and fight animals and uh, abuse animals, beat animals for no reason. I'm talking about those type of things. But people are the most important thing um, besides God. Now. But people come after him. And so we're going to pick up in the book of Galatians chapter 6, something I want to deal with tonight. Galatians chapter 6, let's see what verse 10 says, Melvin, if you will. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now, he says, let us do good unto all men, all people. Male, female, black, white, boy, girl, whatever differences we can look at in people. He said, let us do good unto all. Every last one of us, we should be doing good to each other. But I want to deal with this special love tonight. And he talks about it in the latter part of this verse. He says, especially now, I took that word and I said special. But he has to make something known to us. He says, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You know, now this is this is me talking. I believe he had to say this for one one reason now that I feel he had he needed to say this is because we'll do good to a lot of people especially our family, especially people who we have some sort of relationship with, somebody who we care about, we'll do good unto them. But there comes a problem when we start talking about people in the household of faith, other believers, other people who are in our churches, even if it's not your direct church, the church that you might attend every Sunday, it might be a church up the highway, uh, in another state, even in another country, we have a problem treating those people 
with this love that we should be treating them. We, we've got an issue. So he said, we should be doing good unto all men. However, especially the people in the church. You know, I, I was thinking how, thinking about how the people in the church. Now, I believe we all love our family members now. If they've, if they've been good to us, if they uh, tried to treat us halfway right, we have love for them. But, you know, I begin to think about how, sadly, now I love a lot of my family, all of my family members, not a lot. I love all of them. But, you know, if I have any unsaved family members, which I do, those will unfortunately not be the people that I see if now I'm, I'm praying and trying to continue on, if I make it to heaven myself, and if some of them don't, those won't be the people that I spend eternity with. You know, even, even furthermore than that, e even beyond that, you know, I look at how we love. I mean, we absolutely love our relatives. We absolutely love them. Absolutely. And I began to think about how God put us with a certain family. He gave us whoever we call our father, whoever we call our mother, whether we've seen them or not, whether we've had the best relationship with them in the past or not. God gave us those people. And I look at how even if those people have mistreated uh, many of us our entire lives, if you pay attention, even if those people have mistreated a person, they still, that person still has love. You can have parents. It can be a mother and father, a mother or father, whatever the case may be. They can have children and those children will absolutely love them. Even if those parents have not did what they should have did, even if they neglected their child, even if they gave their child away, whatever they did to their child. That child looks, overlooks all of that and still has love for their parents. Still has some level of love for their parents. And you know, think about that. And I think about how God chose each of us to come into the families that we came into. I, I mentioned this um, some time ago. You know, God could have easily, he knows everyone who's going to be saved. God knows every single person who's going to be saved. Do you recognize God could have easily put us in all one family? One gigantic family. I mean, every child that's born, we could have automatically known, oh, this child's going to be saved because it's a part of our family. And he could have put all the unsaved people in one gigantic family. God could have did this. So I'm looking at how God designed this thing, how he's orchestrating this thing, how he's uh, calculating who he wants to be born where, who he wants to be born in this family. And we're choosing to love our family members with so much unconditional love. But you know what? If God had, born, had birthed us uh, into a completely different family, 
Now, we love our mother and our father. We love our grandparents, whoever else. We love them. But if if now, per adventure, if God had put you in a completely different family and you did not know the person you call mother or father today, I guarantee you, you would have loved that completely different person the same way you love your current parents. We would, we would love them exactly the same. There would be no differences. We would still love them, no matter how good or how bad they've been to us. We would still love them. I'm looking at how God is telling us we should have a certain level of love. He said, especially, he put some emphasis on the people in the church. He said, especially have love for them. But you know what? We tell ourselves, we say, look, it's hard for me to love those people at the church. I'm sorry. I haven't known them for long enough. We come up with all types of reasons. There's certain things that they do that bother me. There's certain habits that they have. There's certain things about that. I just, I just don't like it. We come up with all these excuses. But you know what? If God had made those same people we're saying we could not love, we cannot have the, the same level of love for if he had made those people our parents and our cousins and our sisters and our brothers. Look, I guarantee you, we find a way to love them. The Bible tells us that charity, love, covers a multitude of sins. When a person has did so much wrong, love is the only thing that will cause us to overlook. I, I've been told of many stories of parents having children of age now, might be teenagers, might be full uh, adults, parents having children. And their children will go on to commit crimes, might kill people, might rob people, might steal from people, might do all sorts of things. But that parent still feels, but don't give my child a death penalty whatever you do, don't hurt my child. Look, if their child goes to jail, look, they're praying and hoping. They can't wait for their child to get out. Regardless of what crime their child is committed. See, this is what love does. Love causes us to have patience with people. Love causes us to forgive people. This is what love does. But you can have a, a, a young child who hadn't seen their father their whole life. But out of love, they still desire to see their father. They still want to meet their father. They still want to have some type of relationship. I know it's going to be a struggle, but they still want to have some type of relationship with their parents. This is what love does. This is what love does. And so as I look at us, as I look at myself, God said, look, you should love all people. But he said, especially these people that I've given you in the church. And I know for a fact, we can look around and we can find some problems in the people at the church. We said, man, this person, they're messy. This person, they, be, they do this. They lie. They did that. We can find all types of faults and all types of flaws. But still, he told me to love him. I have to come to the rec the 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 uh, realization the the understanding 
that these are the people that God put me with. I think my wife and I were having a conversation about that recently. God oftentimes allows something, somebody to treat us a certain way so he can show what's inside of you. Those people clearly might be wrong many times. But once they get wrong, we get wrong with them. But God told us, don't render evil for evil. He said, show them love. Especially the people in the church. And so this is what we must work towards because I see it all the time. We love our natural family. We'll take up for our family. But we'll go to war. Somebody said they'll go to war for me and mine. We'll do that for our family, for our natural children, for our natural, uh, for our cousins, our sisters, our brothers, people directly around us. We'll fight for them. But when it comes to the household of faith, when it comes to the people in the church, look, we won't even talk to them. We won't even say, hey, how you doing? We won't send them a text message. We won't give them a phone call. We don't have any time for the people in the church. We won't make any time before our cousin now, for our family, for our brother, for our sister, for everybody else. We've got all the time in the world. We'll make time. See, this is what God is looking for because to be honest with you, all of our unsaved family members and God made it uh, he made sure that none of us uh, who are going to be saved, we are not born in families where our entire family is going to be saved. It, it's not happening. That's how he made this thing. If you look at our entire family tree, I guarantee you, you'll find one. You'll find two. You'll find three and four. Somebody in our family history was not saved. We can go all the way back to the very beginning. You find Adam and Eve, and you find they birthed Cain and Abel. And we know what Cain did to his brother Abel. Murdered him cold blood. See, this is how God chose to design us. But we must wake up and understand God is looking for a special love for us in the church. We've got to learn how to overlook a lot of things, a lot of faults, a lot of problems that we can find in one another. See, people, I, I don't find people, man. I don't find people going around pointing out all the faults in their mother, in their father. I, I just don't find people doing that. But the moment we go up to the church and Sister Blue up there, <laughs> We found all kinds of faults in Sister Blue. Sister Blue did this. Sister Blue said that. Hold on. Your own parents have did some of these same things. But you didn't point that out. Because we love, we have a special love for our parents. But for Sister Blue, we said, well, I just met her. <laughs> we said, well, I don't know her like that. That might be true. But this is the love that God is looking for. See, these are the people that 
Hopefully now we're going to be in heaven. Now I hope and pray we can be in heaven with our biological family also. I hope and pray we can. But tonight I want to deal with the household of faith, the church people. Now I know you can say, well, everybody in the church isn't doing right. That's true. God knows that's true. But you know what? He's still looking for us to overlook those people in the church. Sister Blue, the same way I overlook when my mom has did me wrong. Look, there might have been some time, and I can say there have been times. My own parents have made me upset. There have been many times. But you know what? Because of love, I moved right beyond the anger. But you know what? If somebody in the church makes us upset, if they do something wrong to us and we know they were wrong, we'll cut them off. We'll say, no, I'll forget so-and-so. I'm not dealing with them ever again because of one thing they did, maybe two, maybe three, whatever the number is. But we can look at people in our family who did the same amount of things to us and we still go back. So at what point are we going to start working on that level of love for the people who God gave us in the church? When are we going to start working on that level of love? I want to run over to show to show how Jesus, he displayed this. Mark chapter 3, man, if you will. Mark chapter 3, verse 32. Jesus is going to show us exactly what I'm talking about. Mark 3 and 32. See, uh, we just read in the book of Galatians, Paul tell us to have, uh, to especially love the people in the household of faith. But now, he didn't get this from anywhere. He got this from Jesus. Pick us up, Melvin, in verse 32 here. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. They said, Jesus, mama's out there. Your mother is out. Your brethren, your brothers and sisters, your family members, your mother, your father, your cousin, all these people are out here. They're trying to get to you. They want to talk to you. And you know what? If our family members want to talk to us, we'll tell anybody, hold on. Let me, let me, let me talk to you later. my, my, my cousin won't talk to me, my brother, my sister, my, my mother, my father. We'll, we'll put a lot of people on the back burner for our family. But that's not what Jesus did. Read for us, Mel. And he answered them, saying, who is my mother or my brother? He says, who are they? See, he's trying to... Now, this is not to say he didn't love his family member. He did. He did everything he could to help them, as we should. But what he's trying to emphasize to us is to have this same level of love, especially for the people in the church. This is, this is the point he's making to us. So I don't want somebody to misunderstand me and think I'm saying we shouldn't love our family because God knows we should. We, we just read in the book of Galatians. I believe it was 6 and 10. He said, look, do good unto all men, family or not. Do good unto all people. Have love for everyone. But he said, especially the people in the church. 
This is what he's expecting us to grow to because how can I get to heaven? And all of a sudden, now I have all the love in the world for Sister Blue. But the whole time we were here, I hated her. I couldn't stand her. All because she did me wrong before. All because she said something about me that she shouldn't have said. She was wrong now. She said something about me she shouldn't have said. But how many times have our family members said something about us? That they shouldn't have said? How many times have family lied on us? How many times have family talked down on us? And we still showing up at the barbecue. <laughs> We're still showing up at the family get-together. We, we can't wait to see them. We're acting like we're best friends. Oh, man, what have you been up to? We're knowing. It even crossed our mind. I remember they talked about me. Regardless of all that, we're still, we're still showing up playing games with them. We're still showing up showing love to those people. At what point are we going to start doing this for the people in the church? Why are we happy to see these people? Why are we happy to talk to these people? We can talk to our brother, our sister, our cousin. We can talk to them all day long, all night long. But we won't try to develop these relationships with the people who will truly help us to be saved. See, a lot of our family members, to be honest with you, a lot of our friends, they are the very people who will lead us into the wrong direction. We will continually get weaker, start doing things we did not used to do because of friends and family. But the people who will encourage us and keep us going in the right direction, those are the people in the church who we don't want to be with. This is the sad reality. We know for a fact, us as people, we do not have a desire most of the time now Many of us, I know I can't speak for everybody, but many of us, we have no desire to eat healthy foods. We want, uh, uh, we want uh, the salty foods. We want the sugary foods. We want all the foods that are not good for our body. It's human nature for us to desire things that are not good for us. And so often, a lot of family members are not good for us. But we will still overlook all of their faults and say, well, but this is my brother. This is my uncle. This is my parent. Why not have that type of love for the people in the church? This is what will truly transform our churches. Once we start having the same type of love that we have for our biological family. Melvin talked about having... Um, Recently having a son. See, a good parent is going to love their child. And no matter how many times their child messes up, they're still going to love their child. No matter how many times their child disobeys them, their child, uh, I know my dad talks about it all the time, how um, a parent can tell their child, look, don't do this, don't do that. Um, all the things that they need to do to be successful and they'll go out to the school and talk to one of their friends, somebody they barely know and their friends will persuade them to do exactly what their parents said not to do. And that hurts the parent. But you know what? Through all of that hurt, no matter how many times 
a child disappoints their parent, no matter how many times that child uh, causes tears to form in their parents' eyes, that parent still, we, we, we uh, read the story of the prodigal son, that, that parent still is running toward their child, coming to their child with open arms. That's love. At what point do we have that type of love for the people in the church? That unconditional love. We say, well, that's not my child. It might not be. But you know what? If God desired it to be, now I'm not telling you he's going to do this. Well, let me just use this example to avoid that. See, as I said earlier, we're quick to say, well, that's not my so-and-so. That's not my cousin. That's not my brother. That could have easily been. And we can say it's not. But God is so powerful. He's so powerful. He chose the families that we were born in. But he could easily have chosen somebody completely different. And we would have loved that different person. with No problem. So the problem is truly is within our minds. Uh, we, we know the saying, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. And the mind is very powerful. The mind can deceive you. The mind can cause you to think in some harmful ways against yourself. But there are things that you might have did countless times, but your mind can still cause you to feel you don't even know how to do those things. It's the mind. I've heard so many people talk about how uh, they, they might be studying for a test. Um, and once they get in there, they, they say before they get in there for the test, they know all the answers. But once they get in there, they say their mind goes blank. They become nervous. They become uh, frantic. They become panicky. Um, these things happen because there's so much power in the mind. And so if we can gain If we can gain the uh, uh, control of our mind by the help of God, it's going to take God. But if we can gain that, we can overlook some of the faults that the other members in the church have. Because you know what? To be, to be frank with you, to be honest with you, every last one of us has some problems. We've got some faults. We've got some shortcomings. And we would want somebody else to overlook our problems. And still love us. Isn't that what we want Christ to do? We want him to overlook our sins. But he told us, he said, look, if you won't forgive, I won't forgive you. Even at one point, um, his, his disciples asked him, look, how many times should we forgive? Seven? What about seven times? But they asked him about their brother. People in the church. He said, you got an unlimited amount of times to forgive them. See, this is the type of love that we should have for one another in the church. We'll continually forgive people, even if we look at somebody and say, well, they don't deserve it. Because oftentimes we'll say that type of thing. He said, no, they still deserve it. So he said, have a special love. Let's keep reading here now. And he looked round about on them, which sat about him. And said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. Mm -hmm. For whosoever shall do the will of God, 
the same as my brother and my sister and mother. He said, whoever is willing to do what God says, this is my true family. Look at what Jesus said. So if we're going to be followers of Christ, we have to develop this way of thinking. We've got to learn to be compassionate with the people in the church. You know, it's sad. But uh, we'll, we'll ask for things, but we truly don't want them. We truly don't mean what it is that we're asking for. See, we'll say we want people to be saved. We'll say that. But when the moment God gives us some people to be saved, we'll mistreat those people. We won't show love to those people. All because it's something that they're doing that we don't like. And so our dislike will cause us to not show love to those people. So God shows us, he truly does show us where we are all the time. So many times I have to catch myself. I have to check myself. I have to examine myself because when Christ shows up, I don't want to be caught uh, with my work undone. I've heard many people say that. Oh God, to look at me and say, Tony, you, you didn't get it right. You didn't do what I told you to do. You could not love the people in the church, but now for your for your cousin, for your brother, for your sister, for your father. You could overlook every little thing they did. Every time somebody brought up what fault they had, you overlooked it. But when it came to those people in the church, you weren't willing to overlook anything for them. So Jesus said, he said, the people that are doing the will of God, this is my mother. This is my brother. This is my sister. This is my family. So yeah, I remember growing up uh, as a as a younger younger child, or maybe I was around teenager age. Um, I, I always liked the idea of adoption. Uh, I just always kind of have liked that idea, um, and so I look at how Jesus adopted us. But that is not supposed to stop. Now he's expecting us to adopt our family. We've got a lot of family and it should continue to grow because the more and more people who get saved and even people who are trying to get saved, why don't we adopt them and try to help them? Why don't we ad adopt the people in the church and try to encourage them to be saved? This is what we're missing around the world. Truly treating one another as if we actually are family, as if we've known each other for 20 years. I know it's easier said than done. But when are we going to start? When are we going to start uh, trying to develop relationships with the people that God gave us? When are we going to try? So Jesus said, look, this is my mother. This is my brother. This is my sister. The people who are doing the will of God. So that's why Paul said what he said uh, back over in the book of Galatians. He said, let us do good unto all men, but especially 
And I changed that word to a special. Let's have a special love for the people in the church. This is what God is looking for. This is what he's going to come back. He told us in one place, he said, I was thirsty and you fed me not. I was hungry and you gave me no meat. Naked and you didn't clothe me. Sick, you didn't visit me. All these different problems I had. He said, you didn't do it. They said, when did we see you? God, they, they asked God, when did we see you like this? You're God. How, you, you're not hungry. When, when did we see you like this? And he said, when you didn't do it to the least of these, my brother. When you wouldn't even do it. Especially to all men now, to all people. But especially you wouldn't even do it for the people in the church. You know, these are the people we ought to be looking to help. Uh, I know many times we want to uh, go all across the world and help all these different people. And that's good. We should help people all across the world. But it's sad when you have people in your own church. We won't even pick up the phone and call. We won't do anything to try to help them. But we'll run all across the world. You know, it, it would look sad. Now, I don't have any children. But if I had children and I wouldn't feed my children, I wouldn't get my children any clothes. I wouldn't give my children any water. And yet, I went over to California because I heard about some people over there having a hard time. And I take them all the same things that I would not give my own children. See, the Bible tells us charity starts at home in the household of faith. It's a start at home and then it spreads. So we have an obligation first and foremost to love those people in the church, the people that God gave us. We have an obligation. That's what he's looking for. So this is the standard. I, I know some people might be hearing that type of thing for the first time, but this is the standard that God is looking for. It's all throughout his word. This is what he's looking for. This is what he desires. So let us learn to forgive one another, to be kind to one another, to be gentle, to not hold grudges. See, people in the church, my God, we'll hold a grudge against one another in the church. 10, 15 years, 20 years, 40 years, we'll still keep bringing up something they did a long time ago. When are we going to let it go? And we're still using that as the reason why we want to associate with them. You know, Jesus could have brought up so much that we did against him. The entire way he was walking to the cross, he could have said, yeah, I remember that time Tony lied. The time he stole the time he did all these things that I told him not to do, the time that he murdered, even in his mind, maybe not physically, but he murdered in his mind. He talked about how he hated this person. He wished death on that person. All the things that I did wrong, he could have brought all those up. But instead, Pilate couldn't get him to hardly open his mouth. He didn't bring up all of my crimes. And so why do we treat one another this way in the church? Why are we continually bringing up what everybody did? Why are we making one another look bad? That's not the love of God. 
we wouldn't go around telling all the bad things our family did. We wouldn't go around and spread. Look, we wouldn't put it all over social media, all over Facebook. To make somebody we truly love look bad, we wouldn't do it. So when are we going to work on this special love for the people in the church? So God bless you guys. God bless you guys. And I pray that we we would all work on this. Work on it so that we can get on one accord, so that we can get on the same page, all being of one mind, having the same goal. But we won't get this way if we don't grow our love for one another. God bless you guys. At this time, I'll turn it back into the hands of Mel. Thank you, uh, Minister. Good message, as always. And um, I just had uh, something small to add, not that much. Uh, but we can have our different plans. And uh, we all know of the of the scripture where it said God's thoughts or his ways are not our thoughts or our ways. Therefore, um, no matter how a situation works out, we should be thankful. And we should especially be thankful when it works out God's way instead of our way, because he knows everything that's going to happen. He's all knowing. And so and I say that to um, say this, I've mentioned it many times before. I had high aspirations of being a music producer and my goal was to make as much money as possible to take care of my immediate family. Not even everyone in my natural family, but of course, my mom, dad, uh, sisters, brothers. Um, I wanted to send them on cruises, give them a nice house because, I mean, and we all feel like, especially our parents, we feel like they deserve these things. Um, But I had to realize, you know, ever since trying to live right, that it's not just about our natural family, but our family in Christ. Um, Once again, doing good to all men. Um, but especially our family in Christ. So I'm I'm grateful that that situation didn't work out my way, but God's way, as well as many other situations that I can't even remember, can't even think of right now. I'm exceedingly grateful for that. And um, I do pray that even me, that I have that special type of love for the people in the church because we need it. We, we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. And um, let's see, we... Had a few comments. Um, Sister Cynthia says, praise the Lord. Sister Rosie says, amen. And Sister Cynthia also says, come on, tell the truth <laughs> to Tony. Um, Kiara is tagging, was tagging people to spread the word. So I thank you for all of you guys' comments. Thank you for tuning in and um, listening to the message. And that's all that I had to add. So if there be nothing else, um, as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a good message each and every single week. We would love to see you guys there. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And again, count it all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening live with another message coming straight from the word of God. So until then, you guys have a happy, safe and blessed weekend. And once again, thank you guys for tuning in.
Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Thank you.